0: Welcome once again. Welcome once again, everybody. It's good to see you. I, I'm very comfortable with this morning being Christmas sweater day. Um, I'm not at all comfortable, though, with the word ugly. I don't know how you feel about your sweater, but I don't think there's anything ugly about mine. And so I see there's a couple. Like, that's pretty ugly. But... but um, But hey, (laughs) I say that in love, with all love and and respect. But uh, uh, once again, uh, glad that you are here. I want to say a shout out and a thanks to the staff and volunteers who made Christmas Adventure happen last night. It was a lot of fun. A lot of people did a lot of work to do that. So... My role last night is that I was at the petting zoo, and uh, so I was kind of making sure, I don't know, I wasn't doing much, but I was just kind of standing around there. But the greatest joy for me of the evening was early in the evening when two uh, little dwarf piglets escaped the petting zoo area and so they're they 're literally about just over a foot long, and they 're running around while parents and kids and and whoever 's running around chasing those little pigs piglets and they 're squawking <laughs> as they' are running around I mean, nothing says Christmas like an escaped piglet a dwarf piglet i mean it 's just uh, totally fun, but maybe they knew something that that we didn 't know because. This was a petting zoo set in Bethlehem. So no pig would, want to, would be anywhere near a Jewish petting zoo. So maybe they, I don't know, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know, okay. So uh, what I do know is I have a couple questions to get, to, to get us started here today. Just a couple questions for you to kind of dig into your own world, your own thoughts, your own mind, your own heart, etc. Have you ever felt like you were more valuable than somebody else. Now, I don't mean, I don't mean better than, because I already know that you are. I already know that you're better than somebody else at something and that's great. That's part of, being, of having a role in the kingdom that, that we have different unique roles and so because of that, some people are better than some stuff than others are. You're more creative and you're more organized and that's okay, we can be better than, more skilled than other people in other areas. What I'm talking about is value. Have you ever felt that you had more value, had more worth than another human being? Now, that's a pretty tough question. Pretty, a uh, little bit, you know, maybe a little bit tough. Here's an easier question that's, that's related. Have you ever encountered an activity or some kind of act that you felt was beneath you? Something that was, was just, just too low for you. Maybe it's changing diapers. Maybe it is uh, cleaning a toilet. Maybe it's picking up the poop from somebody else in your neighborhood's dog and they leave the poop and they, and they just, they didn't even have a bag. So you knew that they weren't, they weren't gonna take care of it and you had to clean up. Does that, is that something that's beneath you now I'm again. I'm not talking about things where you choose to pay somebody else to do something that you would rather not do. That's that's okay. We can pay somebody to deliver pizza or to drive us to the airport or to to clean our backyard or whatever. That's that's fine. I'm talking about things where that you feel are beneath you, things that that um, that that you don't feel you should be touching. You should be doing. You ever. You ever felt that way about something? Um, Jesus, in the New Testament, he, he warns pretty strongly about any time any of us feel that we have elevated ourselves above others, that whenever we kind of elevate ourselves to a high place, whether it's the religious elite or the powerful or the wealthy or the people of Awatuki, or the people of Chandler that Jesus steps in, and he warns us on that, and he says, it is very difficult for those who think they are higher than someone else to experience the kingdom of God. It's difficult for those who believe that there are activities, there are chores, there are tasks that are beneath them to enter into and experience the kingdom of God. Fortunately, Jesus also provides a very clear pathway out of that possible problem, that possible path that our hearts and our minds may go to. And that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. Would you bow your heads with me as we head into this? Father in heaven, I thank you once again that you don't just tell the story, you you don't just set this story up for us to enjoy, for us to learn from, but you invite us into this story. And so, Father, help us to play our role in a way that is honoring to you and loving to others, we pray. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. We are finishing this 18-week journey that we've been on. Uh, we've been calling it Part Orange, and the the theme for it has been wisdom, and this is week 18 of this journey. As DeAndre said, starting next Sunday, we're gonna have the Part Green journals available for purchase, and we will start another 18-week journey in January of next year. If you have, uh, this journal. If you have your journal, turn with me to week 18, to the beginning of this final week here. It's page 114 in the journal. And on the left side there, it has a list of nine roles. The title of the journal is Realize Your Role in God's Story. And essentially, what that means is that we all have unique roles. You have unique roles as brothers and sisters and wives and husbands and and sons and daughters, etc. We have unique roles that that are specific to our situation and we are gifted in unique ways. These are nine universal roles. Uh, roles that any person who wants to be a follower of Jesus, we identify these as nine roles that we must embrace. And what you'll see there is that the one that's highlighted here in week 18 is the role of servant. In fact, the, the last week of every journal, we are going to highlight the role of servant. Servant. Anytime that we do one of these journals, week 18 is going to be about servanthood. This is a major part of what it means to be in the kingdom, to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus, at one point in Mark uh, chapter 10, he says that he did not come to be served, but to serve, this is, a, this is so critical to Jesus' teaching. He tries to tell his disciples over and over and over again the value of the role of serving others, and they continuously responded to him by saying, yeah, okay, but how high am I going to be in the kingdom? Am I going to be at your right side or your left side when the kingdom, when you take the throne as king? They, they heard Jesus talk about servanthood, but they just continued to think that they were going to be elevated. Jesus Jesus talked about servanthood over and over and over again, but they didn't get it until he wrapped a towel around his waist in a story that we find in John chapter 13. If you have your Bible with you or if you have access to an electronic Bible, I invite you to turn to John chapter 13. This is part of the Holy Week. This is Thursday night before Jesus is betrayed and then is crucified on the cross on Friday. Thursday night, it's part of the, the last supper gathering with his disciples. John chapter 13, beginning in verse four, we find this, uh, this famous story. So he, Jesus, got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to, to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Feet are not the prettiest of human limbs, in most of our opinion. Even, even in here in pampered and pedicured Awatuki and Chandler, feet are not the most beautiful of limbs. Most of us, you know, cover them up, et cetera. But could you imagine how unsightly the feet would have been for those in ancient, uh, ancient Israel? that these guys, they walked around barefoot or sandaled all the time. It was like Southern California, except they didn't have the pedicures to kind of take care of things in between walking around barefoot or sandaled. Their feet were nasty. And it was a dusty, dirty environment that they lived in. So when they went to somebody's homes, somebody's home, they didn't just walk in and, and with their dirty feet. They had to wash them. They would wash their feet the way we wash our hands. They would take care of their own feet. Sometimes, if there was a special guest, then a host would have a servant take care of the feet of a special guest who would come in. And so that was part of the custom. You would always wash your feet. It was unheard of for the leader, the rabbi, the teacher, the king of all kings, Jesus, to wash the feet of the disciples. This this was unheard of that this would happen. And Peter was very uncomfortable that Jesus was doing this. So Peter responds, verse 6, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Simon, you know, Peter says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing. But later... You will understand. We see that tone multiple times in the Gospels, that the disciples, bless their hearts, they were trying to figure out what was going on, but they didn't have some access to some of the things that we have in terms of understanding the the greater story. Peter, verse 8, no, says Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Peter was a passionate guy. This, he, was, he just was all in. He, there was nothing lukewarm about Peter. He just says, Absolutely no, you can't touch my feet. And then oh, I wash everything. I mean, he's just kind of, he's super passionate uh, about this. So, Jesus doesn't come and, and just wash their feet, he doesn't just wash Peter's feet. He, he, he cleanses him. He, he washes more than just his feet. There's a, there's a symbol happening here. And, uh, and there's, there's something very powerful in Jesus' words here because he, he, he brings a command. He says, um, uh, he says, unless I wash you, you will have no part with me. He's, he's saying, he's saying uh, uh, Peter, you need to um, embrace and understand what I'm talking, what I'm, talk, what I'm uh, you need to understand that unless you see yourself as, as dirty and, 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 and in need of cleaning, you will have no part with me. Unless you see yourself as broken and in need of restoration, you will have no part with me. When I had the list of nine roles up on the screen, that's what the first one is all about. The very top one said patient. And that's what that's all about. Unless we come to the point of realizing that we are a patient, we need to climb on that table. We're sick, in need of healing, in need of a doctor. Until we get to that point, we have no part with Jesus. And this is what, this is what Jesus was trying to invite Peter into. Do you want to have a part with me? you want do you want to have this intimacy and this encounter with Jesus when you read this story you can do this with any story that we read that we read in the New Testament these parables of Jesus who do you see yourself as where are you who are you in this story do you, you do you see yourself as you read this story or hear it do you see yourself as someone watching the story from afar is that how you see the whole the whole story of Jesus you're kind of you're kind of standing on the mountainside listening to Jesus' teaching, or you see him from afar walking down, that's him, that's Jesus, the Messiah. Or are you one of the 12 having an intimate encounter with Jesus? Are you wandering around the city of Jerusalem? Do you imagine yourself wandering around the city of Jerusalem? Here, this is Holy Week. Something big is about to happen Do you see yourself wandering around and looking up at that upper room? Something's happening up there tonight. Or are you in the room having your feet washed by Jesus? Just how would you describe your relationship with Jesus? Are you watching it from afar or is he washing your feet? I really like this phrase, one of the 12. In fact, we have created a whole experience on Sunday nights called, one of the 12 in connection with the journey of these journals. That's an 18-week journey called one of the 12, and, and we had a group of 33 who walked this out over, this, over part orange, and then we're going to have another group that gets started in January, for the January through May journey, that 18-week chunk. An, eight, an 18-week journey called one of the 12 on Sunday nights from 6.30 to, to 8, and it's limited to 40 people. And so uh, the idea here is that we're gonna, we're gonna learn, we're gonna study, we're gonna write, we're gonna do groups, we're gonna serve together. It is, it is an opportunity for us to take this stuff to, to another level. If you are currently leading or serving or you find that you are thriving in your role in the kingdom, fantastic. Then please don't don't worry about adding this to your, to your list of things to, to do. You already have a very full schedule. The, the target for this is those who Follow Jesus and know that there's more to the to the journey. It's those of you who who say, yes, Jesus is Lord, but it just you know there's more to this experience that you have not yet seen or touched or felt. And so if if that sounds like you, if that might be something that you are interested in. There is a brochure in the, in the lobby at the white table. It's called One of the Twelve. It's a little green brochure. You can pick up one of these. Or next week after the third service, after this service, we're going to have a little meeting here in this room, just an informational meeting to learn more about what the 18-week journey might look like. But for this morning, let's imagine you are one of the twelve, that you are not just watching from afar, but you are in the room, and Jesus has just washed your feet. Let me jump down to verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Again, Jesus is not just washing their feet. He is cleansing them. He is healing them. And then he offers this command. You should do as I have done for you. We must be servants. We must serve others. This whole 18-week journey, we've been talking about wisdom. And wisdom is great. Wisdom is a way to a better path. It's the path that God has for us. And this whole journey has been about, God, help me understand your wisdom so that I can make more wise choices in my life. That's what the whole journey has been. Help me understand what the story was in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God, help me understand who you are so that I can make better decisions today and have a better future. That's what our journey has been. And wisdom is great. Wisdom is fantastic. An important part of wisdom is knowledge, And here's the point this morning. If you haven't heard me say anything, here's the point. Serving trumps all knowledge. That when it comes down to it, serving trumps any journey we have of knowledge. I don't care how much you know, how much you've memorized, how many books you've read. Serving trumps all knowledge. You may have no idea what consubstantiation means, You may not be able to define substitutionary atonement. But if your relationship with Jesus leads you to serve others, you'll be fine. Because really, that's what the whole discipleship journey is. When we learn and we we memorize and we have all that stuff is so that we can act more like Jesus. And Jesus was a servant, even though he was a master. And so, so... Serving trumps all knowledge, always. There are many uh, theologians, brilliant uh, professors and pastors and, and, and Christian leaders, et cetera, who gain tremendous amount of knowledge and who are brilliant in so many ways, yet drift from the whole reality that serving trumps all knowledge. Drift from serving. When I graduated from seminary a number of years ago, I was given a gift as a new graduate of a white towel. Gil Stafford, who has since passed, was an incredible uh, man of God. And I remember him handing me a towel and saying, saying to each of us who are graduating, saying, you do not leave with a scepter to be a king, but with a towel to be a servant. And it wasn't even a nice towel. It wasn't like a real plush you know, white towel with my name embroidered on it. I mean, this was a 69-cent Walmart towel. They went to all lengths to make sure we understand. I mean, this towel, Jesus would have had a better towel than what we had graduated with from seminary. You would think they would spend a little, okay, never mind. But the point was clear. The point was clear that serving, whatever knowledge we've gained there or school or journey or Bible study or whatever, serving trumps all knowledge. Jesus explains why in the next verse, verse 16. He says, truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. No servant is greater than his master. When My first reading of that feels like it should be flipped around the other way. When I read it, I think, I would have expected Jesus to say, that no master is greater than their servant. In other words, whatever role you have, whatever, whoever you manage or however important you are in life, you are not more valuable than anybody else. So no master is greater than their servant. But Jesus takes it a significant step further by saying no servant is greater than his master. So here Jesus is the master. He's the rabbi, he's the, he's the leader, he's the teacher. And he takes on the role of ultimate servant, washing their disgusting, dirty feet, which is a role that that, that Rabbi would not have done. Jesus takes on the servant, so any of them who felt that that role was beneath them, that task, that chore, any role is beneath us, we put ourselves above the role that Jesus played. We, the servant, put ourselves above the master. And Jesus says, no, no servant is above the master. Before I received my 69-cent towel and graduating from seminary, we actually had an experience as as a part of the seminary. There was a three-year program. And uh, one of the requirements for graduation was a 400-hour unit session as a chaplain in a hospital, that we had to do that on a, as part of the, one of the semesters. And so before I had the opportunity to walk into people's, you know, strangers, Rooms. Where I walk into patients' rooms and, and introduce myself and listen to their fears and anxieties and hopes and dreams and talk to them and love on them and, and, and have spiritual conversations with them. Before I could do that and bring all the wisdom that seminary had brought to this, to this, you know, worldly 20-year-old, whatever, before all of that could happen, we had to do the first 100 hours as a nurse's assistant in the hospital. So 400 hours, the first 100 of those hours was not me speaking, but was, was me changing diapers and changing sheets and washing uh, patients and cleaning patients, etc. I remember there was a young man who was over 650 pounds, and he couldn't walk, and so he obviously couldn't go to the bathroom himself. And so when I remember turning him over on his side to change the sheets, and because he couldn't go to the bathroom, you had to clean everything. And you had to clean between the folds of his skin, on his back, etc. And this, this was an incredible picture and a model in terms of, okay, do I think this is below me? Some of you do this all the time. You, are, you work in the healthcare area. This is your life. This is what you do. You understand what it means to be a servant. You understand that nobody is less is less valuable than somebody else. That no, that, that that Hopefully, you also understand that nobody is more valuable than you. That whatever you do, whatever role role that you that you play. When we take on these roles, it doesn't mean that somebody else is more valuable th- than us. And maybe you, um, with your with your current job, you understand already on a regular basis that there is no task, no cleaning up, no. Um, no role, no chore that is beneath you, that you understand no servant is better than his master. No servant is greater than his master. Jesus comes in and models this. So at any point that we think we are more valuable than somebody else or that some role or task is is below us, we put ourselves greater than the master. Jesus finally says, in the last verse here in this story, again, these are the words of Jesus. This is what he said. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. So now that you know these things, it's knowledge, wisdom, it's what we've been talking about. You'll be blessed if you do them. We we all know that service is good. I don't have to make a case, an argument. That, that serving others is good. We know that it is good when, when soldiers serve their country and fight for people who can't fight for themselves. There's no question about that. There's no question that when politicians serve the people, that's a good thing. I've never heard somebody refer to somebody else and say, oh, they drive me crazy. They serve too much. Never heard that. We understand, serving is good. We got that part, but it's a chasm from there to doing it. We, we, we know these things, but the blessing doesn't come un- unless we do them, unless we get our hands dirty and we get in and we transition from knowing the value of serving to actually doing it. Why don't we? It's usually time. Time's usually one of the big reasons, excuses. We just, I don't have time, I don't have time. If we're honest, what we really mean by that is, I would rather spend time on myself than time serving somebody else. Because we have time, it's just what we choose to do with it. And I'm not pointing fingers here, because I understand Netflix is pretty great and 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 we just talked we just did a whole series about tv shows and our live be, you know being a tv show it's all, and 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 you've got you've got youtube and amazon prime and now disney plus and, and all the different things there so a lot of different great entertainment that is 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 perhaps relaxing it is a mindless thing for us to do but we always we have to ask ourselves with the time that we're spending on on this kind of entertainment what are we accomplishing in our own hearts and our soul in the kingdom What are we moving forward? What are we building when when we do that? Because serving advances the kingdom. And so it is a powerful question for us to ask ourselves, am, am am I gonna get something done by doing this, which is the mindless entertainment, or am I gonna get something done by serving somebody the way Jesus served the disciples up in the upper room? or perhaps with regard to time, maybe you'd, you'd, you would never say this out loud, but there can be a thought sometimes just to say, my time is too valuable. Maybe you, maybe you make over $100 an hour or more with your job. So the idea of investing two hours of work on a Sunday morning at church, it just, you're just not all that interested in investing that much of your valuable time. And then it might be valuable to then just think, okay, do you think your two hours are more valuable than somebody else's two hours? Just something to think about. Often it's time that's gonna get in the way, but then another thing that sometimes gets in the way, we might say, yeah, I'm I'm in, I want to be a part of that, but we just don't know how. We we just don't know, we want to do something meaningful, but we we don't know uh, what the pathway is to that and that's where the church is supposed to be a shining light of an opportunity the church is is is, is a place where where we are all needed the church is referred to as the body and this body needs every limb Every organ, every blood vessel, every stanky foot, every spleen, even you spleens. I mean, this, our church needs you because you have a role. The church is a body, and you are part of the body. We are the church. We don't go to church, folks. We, don't, we are the church. We don't go and sit and listen and evaluate or whatever. We are the church. So if you look around and you say, you know, this place isn't quite what I hoped it could be. All right. Well, we are the church, so it's partially your fault. Let's, let's, let's get together and be the church that God has called us to be. Which is why this is called Jump In Sunday. It's an opportunity for any of you who have not yet jumped in to, to jump into an opportunity to serve here at Mountain Park. If you're ready, if you want to be one of the 12, that you want to be, to be in the upper room and have that intimacy with Jesus, have Jesus wash your feet and you do to others in the same way, if you want to use your time in a, in a valuable, meaningful way, we would love to help you realize your role here at Mountain Park. If you want to have a meaningful role um, uh, heading into 2020, what we want to do is, is let you know about five different areas where you can serve. There are, other, there are more than these five, but this is a great place to start. On your way out today, as you leave these doors and head out the north exit of the, of the church, there are five different areas and you, where you can go and learn more about how you can serve. Immediately as you head out to the left, The the facilities area would be different ways that you can serve in terms of the building and maintenance. Uh, Up to the, further to the left is family ministry, that's children's and student ministry. Straight ahead is outreach, the ways that we reach out to people here in our community, in our city, and around the world. Out and to the right is creative uh, uh, creative arts. Uh, DeAndre will be there having a conversation there with anyone who's interested. And out uh, to to the, closer to the building, to the right, will be First Touch. That is hospitality and greeters and ushers and ways that we um, just show love to guests in many different ways. So the idea is, if one of those, if you have not yet jumped in, if one of those is of interest to you, you go, there'll be a five-minute presentation and, a, and an opportunity for Q&A for you to find out if that might be a fit for you. Maybe you're, maybe you're wrestling with some theological issue. Maybe Maybe something has been really difficult for you in, in, in your life and you're wrestling with God and just saying, how could a loving God allow this to happen? And, and we, can have, we can debate and struggle with a whole lot of theological issues. But if your relationship with Jesus leads you to serve others, you're doing fine. I, I want you to hear that. This really is, it really is a trump card, serving Trump's all knowledge. We can accumulate all that we want, but the, you know, the reason we ever would do that is so that we would get to the point of being like Jesus, who was a servant, even though he was the master. What I want to do is pray with you real briefly, and then send you out, and hopefully you can uh, jump in on one of these five areas. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, once again, I thank you that you invite us to play a role in the story, I'm thankful for men and women here in this room who have served as a part of this church, that they have, they have made her what she is, that you have invited us to have significant roles, that they have, have had conversations with people and seen how their, their service has led to life change. That they, that they get to experience that. What an amazing opportunity that is. It's stuff that we, we don't get in, in most of the, 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 the world outside of, of your kingdom. God, just to, to watch that our love and our serving other, of other people has an impact on their lives. And Father, I pray for any here in this room who have not yet jumped in but are considering here today, God, that you would bless that journey, that you would make a clear connect between their gifts, and the needs here at the church, God. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Hey, folks, we have a prayer team. Uh, They serve on that team, and they're going to gather up front here. If any of you want to come and experience prayer, they'd love to do that with you. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.